0: Ramble.
1: I would argue that this movie is not about lying. It's actually about the failure of the public school
2: system.
0: It's just passed with stars. It has an Oscar nominee.
2: Also Amanda Bynes is in it.
1: Fuck man! Those are the best <laughs> elements of any movie ever. You put them all together. Big fat liar. Yeah. Marty Wolf Pictures, please hold. <laughs> Welcome to Guilty Pleasures, the show that loves what it loves. Guys, today we're talking about Big Fat Liar, the Frankie Munez, Amanda wait, Bynes, Paul Giamatti wait, classic. Wait, yes, hold Kelsey? Hold
0: on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> One second. Yeah, I, I'll hold. I thought you said, and I'm, this is not a joke, I thought you said
1: we were watching Liar Liar. No, Kelsey! No, Kelsey! <laughs> Kelsey, <laughs> Kelsey, what? Wait! Kelsey, no! I'm not kidding! I thought you <laughs> said- Wait, we are seconds into the podcast <laughs> with our special guest, Becky Haversberger from You Can Sit With Us here in the Studio. <laughs> Her favorite movie is Big Fat Liar, and you're going to sit here, look me in the eyes, and tell me that you watched the wrong movie?
0: Kelsey! (laughs) Wait! I dead-ass watched the Jim Carrey movie, Liar Liar, today with my entire family, and I like, I forced them down, and I said, this is for work, we have to watch this, we all watched it, and it was great, and I took notes all on the movie Liar Liar. I've never seen Big Fat Liar <gasps> Boy <Yeah. laughs> It's incredible Kelsey, it's one of the best movies that's ever been made Big It's so good What do we liar. do
1: Someone here has seen it Hold <laughs> God on real quick oh my God. I'll be right back
0: Okay I feel like I should watch this anyways Because it has some very funny reviews online Yeah and it was uh, Amanda Bynes first role in uh, movies It was her first wow. film role Frankie Muniz was just coming off of an Emmy and a Golden Globe nomination. I cannot believe I watched it. This is so funny. 14 year old compulsive liar. So wait, isn't it basically liar, liar? No. So it's like the premise is he is just a straight up liar. We found someone. Right, I knew it was Will. Will. I we knew Will. it was Will. Right, oh, my God. Door, okay. I I've so seen it. Uh, kids, don't do drugs because clearly I can't fucking <laughs> read anymore. Um, have a great episode. Thanks, Will.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Guys, wow. b- buckle up. Welcome to Guilty Pleasures. <laughs> Today we are watching Big Fat Liar, Garrick is out, and now Kelsey's out, but joining us in the studio, we're ramping shit up. We got from You Can Sit With Us, the wonderful, enigmatic Becky Haversberger, and as our last late-minute fill-in, a man who said, quote, I love Big Fat Liar, haven't seen it in 10 years...
2: Uh, try guys homie will whitworth. Yeah, no, I love Big Fat Liar. Uh during the pandemic I started rewatching the scene where Paul Giamatti finds himself blue yeah and I think it's incredible acting work I I really do couldn't agree a
0: thousand percent the guy who delivers the um, they didn't say anything about (laughs) a little blue man that guy does the most in two (laughs) seconds more than any actors ever done in the history of acting
1: that guy uh, like can be like kids gather around your grandpa was an actor I had one moment and I made it count his five seconds of screen time are more meaningful than anything I've done in my career so much story (laughs) Guys, we are talking about Big Fat Liar, not Liar Liar. This is the definitive lying movie. Uh, We're going to come to Becky in a minute for why she loves this film so much. But uh, real quick, a quick synopsis since it's clear. We're not all on the same page here today. Uh, (laughs) Big Fat Liar stars... Frankie Munez and Amanda Bynes. Frankie Munez is a liar. That's what he does. Jason is just great at lying. He lies about his homework. He lies to his parents about eating breakfast, everything. But he gets busted by his teacher, played by Sandra Oh. Fun to see her. And on his way to do the final assignment that'll keep him from summer school, a story that he wrote about the ills of being a liar. He gets hit by a limousine in which... Paul Giamatti's Marty Wolf, the big hotshot movie producer, is uh, driving in it. So (laughs) Marty steals his homework and sees it as the inspiration for his next great film. And so Jason goes to Hollywood to to reveal the truth and to prove to his father that I'm not a liar for this one time. I'm telling the truth. (laughs) And along the way, he's going to try and make Marty's life a hell and show him that lying ain't all that. Yeah. Basically, basically, that, yeah. I think that's right.
0: That's pretty much it.
2: Also, Amanda Bynes is in it.
1: Amanda Bynes Amanda is Bynes. great. I mean, this movie has genuinely no right to be this good. Mm-hmm. uh But Becky, you freaking love this movie more than anyone I know.
0: Yes, yeah, so this is my all-time favorite movie I've probably ever seen in my life. I watch it probably once a month. Maybe like we skip some months. Um, back when I worked at the AMC movie theaters, so we had to write our favorite movies under oh, our name yeah. tag. So <laughs> yep. I had a few rotations and Big Fat Liar was on there um, just so I could tell people all about it. You saw, like, it, in I saw it in theaters? Yeah. My family went to the movies every Friday. Yeah.
2: Like didn't matter what it, no it matter, was. It was yeah. just like, we're going to go to the movies. Yeah, yeah. They would,
0: like, We literally went to the movies so much that when I worked for the movie theater and they were allowed to go see movies for free, they had to make an announcement to the staff to remind us that like if our families were coming in, that they had to like sign in and do all these things and like literally was the, man- of you. the manager <laughs> is just staring dead at me while this is going on. And I remember my mom being like, we saw Jackass. You know, there wasn't anything else to do today. Nothing on TV. I <laughs> mean, one
1: of my favorite memories of childhood was after maybe Spider-Man uh, at, at New Rock in New Rochelle. It was a big multiplex. My buddy Eric and I snuck in to Agent Cody Banks because you know, you would just like, you just sneak into movies when you're done. You just keep yeah. it rolling. It was the end of the movie. And it's that classic in the movie, The False Death, right? Uh, C- Agent Cody Banks, Frankie Minez defeats the bad guy. We sit down as he, and then the bad guy pops up. And Eric goes, Ha! Ah! <laughs> uh, and I'll never let him die. Um, once a month. Ish, oh,
0: ish yeah ish sometimes will be more sometimes it will be less so we like catch up because Keith has to watch it with me too and he oh. admits it's a good movie
2: <laughs> it's funny it is funny it I has
0: think. an Oscar nominee an Emmy and Golden Globe nominee I'm sure Paul Giamatti's also been nominated for a Golden Globe but like Frankie Muniz was I was telling Rainey before fresh off of an Emmy nomination. Or a, yeah, an Emmy and a Golden Globe for Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs>
1: this is like the, the time in the world where Frankie Muniz was on top of the world. Yes. Malcolm in the Middle, he rolled right into Agent Cody Banks. He was a star. He rolled star. into this. Oh, it was from <laughs> Agent Cody Banks.
2: No, this no, this was pre, I
0: this think. This is pre-Agent Cody Banks. Yeah.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so this so he, right into... Yes. Yeah.
0: And then Amanda Bynes went from this. This is her first movie role and she <sighs> went into What a Girl Wants starring Academy Award winner Colin Firth.
1: And I could be wrong, but I do believe that this was before Sideways. So, Paul Giamatti, you're welcome for your career. Yeah, I yeah, think no, this I, was pre-American yeah.
2: Splendor as well.
0: Yes.
2: I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, I, I look, Listen, I haven't watched the movie in a while. I, I'll try not to talk too much. But the one thing I did want to say... No, well,
1: you're the star here today. We need you, buddy.
2: Frankie Muniz doesn't remember his time on Malcolm in the Middle from being in a car accident because he became a professional race car driver and then he lost a lot of his memory.
0: Yes, <laughs> it, he uh, got this like thing where it was basically like a stroke and yeah. it cut off his circulation and now he doesn't remember Malcolm in the Middle.
1: It is <laughs> unbelievably... So yeah, we uh, <laughs> talked about Frankie Muniz on the show during the Fast and Furious episode. I was yeah. delighted and shocked to learn that Frankie Muniz drives, as Garrick mm-hmm. would say. He's a huge driver. But then I was deeply saddened to learn <laughs> yeah. after the episode that, he, yeah, he experienced some head trauma and that's yeah. the... Look, I mean, we'll, we'll circle back, but both of the gifted youngins in this film uh, have experienced some trauma in their lives. And it's, uh, you yes. know, we thank them yes. for the childhood that they gave us.
0: Yes.
2: For real. I, I think Malcolm in the Middle is still a great show. I, <laughs> I was wonderful. such a fan of that. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I honestly love young Frankie's acting oeuvre pretty much across the board. 100%. <laughs> <It's awesome. laughs> Agent Cody Banks aside, I think that stuff is maybe not so good. Yeah. But, but uh,
0: Just in Time, or was that the name of the Disney movie where he did the little race car? Oh, he, shit. He was like. I,
2: I think, have not seen that.
0: I think he was in a wheelchair.
2: No, it was based I on feel a like true I feel like I have part of my memory,
1: like a race. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, it's
2: r- I, what you're saying sounds yeah. real. It was in a so.
0: like soapbox derby or yeah. a race car. Yeah. Right?
2: I, I honestly cannot pull that. I feel like that would be right in my wheelhouse, though. I watch Malcolm in the Middle reruns every day. Uh, oh, so every, so day? every day? Yeah, basically, because it was the Simpsons Malcolm in the Middle Seinfeld Oh, oh I thought you meant uh, now. I thought no, no. Really <laughs> <was awesome>. no, <laughs> no. You kind of are. You got a little Frankie Muniz vibe, yeah, honestly. I definitely I, do. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: Just not uh, not as successful, I guess. Well, who, who not many of us are.
0: <laughs> oh, well, what's Frankie Muniz doing now, Will? racing cars. Ask yourself that. And yeah. you're here on this podcast. You're right.
1: Absolutely. You're right. I mean, while we're talking about Frankie, let's, let's start there as one of the pleasures, because he is an absolute delight. And his character, yeah. to me, is just such wish fulfillment for who I wish I was as a
2: kid. 100%.
0: Oh, yeah. And the adults are against him. Like, the whole movie is just adults, like, being rude (laughs) to this kid. Like, he has to lie to survive. Like, Sandra O makes his assignment worth a third of his grade and it's just a thousand word
1: story on anything he is 14 <laughs> there is no world in which a 14 year old should have one assignment being the the majority of their grade
0: yeah and his parents third. like won't drive him to uh the community college to drop off the paper but they're able to like go to the community college when he doesn't have it like I, it's they're against him
1: yeah and he always has the right thing to say like even the first scene against the bully mm-hmm. he is like he's just he's a fast talker he's wittier than everyone else he's smarter he's got all the plans i would argue that this movie is not about lying it's actually about the failure of the public school system because
0: <laughs> yeah they close the door on him at the beginning
1: yeah they because he's, he's a second late they close the door on him like, what the hell For-
0: Ricky
2: is a gifted yep. storyteller. This, yeah. is a, this is a movie about how we're failing the gifted children
1: uh, Absolutely. in, a, in a school system.
2: You got to yeah. adapt
1: to the way that he needs to learn. He's yeah. telling, you're telling me that this kid spontaneously comes in and makes up this beautiful moving tale about a meatball nearly killing his father. And you're not going <laughs> to reward this kid with
2: extra attention? No. You're going to threaten to hold him back? When was this movie made and released?
0: 2002, baby. Okay,
2: I was wondering if it was pre or post 9-11. Post 9/11. See, I have a big thing about judging art between, like, you know, because 9-11 changes country in many dark ways. Yeah. and I so,
0: didn't expect this to uh, come here. Uh, <laughs> I like, really...
2: Like, for example... It's true. The, the song Mambo Number no. uh-huh. 5, Yes, right? Yeah most pre 9-11 song in the world well, in 1999 i yeah.
1: cannot believe you're saying this because i for the longest time of my life have cited pre 9-11 r&b as my favorite music genre yeah and it is admittedly the darkest and most fucked up joke that i have but
2: <laughs> it was a more innocent time of music because i've the never found 90s <laughs> were so innocent uh-huh. you know and then the world changed the world changed and I bet that happened while they were making it so
1: i would uh, imagine that this was a pre 9-11 production yeah a post 9-11 release, release. There yeah. for
2: while it is post 911 it's still essentially a pre 911 text pre 911
1: yeah. sensibilities yeah. much like many much of the music of Fat Joe you think of as <laughs> pre 911 R&B even though it actually came out in 2002 2003 it was cooking for a while
2: yeah 100% <laughs> it's not just about what year it came out this feels cuz it's sort of the story of a guy who you know like, he's cool because the school, the, the institutions aren't su- succeeding for him, but he's cooler than them. It's an essentially American story, right? Like, a, a, a child who's gifted and who does it through his own individuality, uh-huh. you know?
0: He's a creative uh, story,
2: too. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. I mean, what are some of the things that you love about this movie,
0: <laughs> Becky? Oh, yeah. It's just packed with stars. It's be- it's like a hit. It's a hit maker. You mentioned the bully. It's Taron Killam. Tar- for yeah. Saturday yeah. Night Live and Hamilton. Thing. I saw him
1: <laughs> play the king in Hamilton. <laughs> I forgot that he was in this movie. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, look at you.
0: Yeah. You're like a young Sandra Oh playing a teacher, which was like a big thing in her career. She was like always cast as always. like a teacher principal. Paul Giamatti is like one of the funniest, like comedic actors One of the of great all American time. actors. Yeah. We will like,
1: give a full f- 20 minutes of discussion to Paul Giamatti.
0: Yeah. And the main reason why I watched it, because at the time I was 12, any 12-year-old girl in 2002 wanted to be Amanda Bynes. 100%. Like the dream was to be Amanda Bynes. And I saw she was in the movie and I was like, I need to watch this a thousand times and study her movements so I too can be like Amanda Bynes.
1: Is there, has there been a single... Actress with the comedic chops as a child, as Amanda Bynes, since Amanda Bynes. Like, maybe you could say Raven Simone had it, a touch of it, but Amanda was a fucking powerhouse as a child. It yeah, It was
2: unbelievable. Yeah. And I didn't even have cable. Like I only watched like all that <clears throat> when my grandparents house sometimes, but I still remember being like, wow, this like watching the sketches, like there's a, the popcorn pants sketch, you know what I'm talking about <laughs> where the, you wear like it makes popcorn in your pants. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the Amanda show, even yeah. after that, like Moody's point that she did on that show was it was so good. fucking funny. I mean,
1: when she was uh uh on all that as the youngest cast member, like baby Amanda, and she would yeah. do, "Dear Amanda," <laughs> That's me. Like me as a child. Yeah. Fucking shitting my pants laughing. Yeah. Couldn't like I, you said every 12 year old girl wanted to be here. I was a little boy. I wanted to be her. Yeah. She was an icon. She was everything I wanted to be in a performer. I just couldn't believe how wonderful she was.
0: Yeah. I yeah. would say her only like comparison, like comparable child actor would have been, and I don't even remember her last name, but Mary Beth from all, all that, Ooh. which is like kind of dark to look back on. Cause you're like, well, I can Look at them and see why one uh, made it in sure. early two thousands Hollywood and one didn't. Like yeah. it was very like telling of the time that we were in. But that Mary Beth chick was she was amazing, so funny on like figure it out and all that. Yeah. I keep wanting to say she's all that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're like getting now into like Nickelodeon lore, yeah. but to be on Figured Out was my absolute dream in life. I yeah. had this such a intense, detailed fantasy of going on for a talent that I did not possess, <laughs> winning. Summer Sanders is like, wow, you're amazing. Do you want to get married? And I'm like, yes, yeah, Summer Sanders, <laughs> let's do this. And then the producers are like, you're so funny. Even though we normally have uh, Nickelodeon stars as our panel, we're putting you in, kid. And I just, like, me and Danny Tamborelli and that fucking Kevin guy who was way too old to be there, we're all hanging out. Mary Beth is there. (laughs) I'm married to Summer Sanders. Life is good.
0: Kevin's too old to be there, but a 12 year old's going to marry uh, Summer Sanders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's
1: a little bit of flexibility <laughs> yeah. in this uh, fantasy. The age
0: gating. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. I, I do feel like uh, there's something about all of the Frankie and Amanda as ch- child performers that they they just represented an ideal that then when they kind of turned, not Frankie didn't turn all the way. Right. Yeah. Uh, he had some bad politics, but we're not going to get into that. Though. No, a little bit, uh, Frankie. No, yeah, yeah. I mean he's a rich guy who races cars, so I mean, what are you <laughs> going to do? But, uh, but Amanda Bynes like turn and all the scandals that in- enveloped her. I think we're sad because it ties to our own like childhood nostalgia and yeah. memory of like how like really vibrant she was when she was young. And but she's like the co lead in this movie. Like she does not get to deliver all the jokes, you know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, like it's Frankie Muniz's movie, and then she's yeah. the number two on the call sheet.
1: I would argue it's Paul Giamatti's movie. Yeah, I think <laughs> if you if you watch the film, I think he has the most screen time. Yeah, I mean she she makes the most of her screen time in this film. She doesn't have the best moments but some of the moments that are still in my heart like Marty Wolf pictures please hold Oh my god!
0: (laughs) or the I want him to cry like a baby (laughs) (laughs) like just so intense so good so fast
1: you know what here's a a very minor but an important pleasure of mine is I stand a platonic friendship you Uh, know it's uh, very rare in these childhood movies to have a man a boy and a girl best friend
2: and it don't turn weird and sexual at any point they're just homies that's a really good point i i i think i've always had you know close female friends and like there are so many movies where they just sort of reflexively are like now kiss and this movie doesn't (laughs) do that maybe because they're too young but uh It it could have still gone that direction. They could have ended like holding hands, but no, they're just buddies. They're trying to like pull pranks. It's
0: so cool. They're just hanging out.
2: (laughs) It's like the end of the Lizzie McGuire movie. That was my big gripe is like, why Gordo
1: need a little kiss? I get that he's a bro, but they're just friends. And this, like,
0: they're not just friends. You clearly didn't watch (laughs) Lizzie McGuire. The TV show, all they talked about was how much Gordo likes Lizzie. I know,
1: but like, come on. Fake fan. Fake fan. I I am. We were waiting
0: for that. I
1: wasn't. We were
0: waiting for the was, but I'm mad
1: that it had to be because you know Lizzie wasn't feeling it.
0: You think Lizzie was feeling it? Wow. she was into it. This she is is was into it,
1: but she wanted that Paolo. Ta- um,
0: yeah, yeah, Paolo was too old. Paolo was a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> um, that Marty Wolf picture scene is actually one of my all-time favorite scenes in the movie because of what it all-time uh,
1: favorite scenes. In the movie, (laughs) in the
0: movie, also favorite scene in the movie. I have a few favorite scenes, but that's one of them. Right before that, when um, Amanda Bynes has to tell Astrid Barker, who loves dogs, Barker, Mm -hmm. that her car is parked on a dog, (laughs) and she's like, "Yes, ma'am." In the tail region, and the uh, woman on the phone is like, "My car is parked," and she's like about to vomit, (laughs) and it's just the most like ridiculous child lie to say that you parked your car on a dog's tail.
1: It is. I also wonder, was it Amanda Bynes, who was just the world's greatest improviser, or who was the adult feeding her lines? Because she's talking to Adam Sandler on the phone at one point, which, yeah. okay, kids <laughs> would know. But then she talks to Steven Soderbergh, <laughs> which is such an adult joke. I
0: think she did. I think she did it on her own. you think, Amanda? Um, unfortunately, some of the people that were higher up in that movie are like now sort yeah. of like disgraced people other than the Stranger Things guy. People say he's fine.
1: Yeah, so it's directed by Sean Levy, yes. who is incredible. He's done a lot of big blockbuster movies, but...
0: He also has a cameo in the movie. I, st- I thought so it was him. his yeah. cameo. So at the party for the fictional movie Whitaker and Fowl, starring <laughs> uh, Jaleel White, a.k.a. Urkel, <laughs> where Urkel is a cop and his sidekick is a chicken. Right. Um, everybody is talking about how bad the movie was. And they have like... um the guy from Saved by the Bell. They have
1: uh, Screech. Yeah. Um, who else is there? Keenan
0: Thompson is Kenan there. Kenan Thompson
1: has a yeah. quick cameo. And then
0: Stephen Levy's like, uh, worst mo- like, worst movie in history. But he just like screams it in the middle of oh, the room. Oh, that's so fun.
1: <laughs> from what I can tell, Sean Levy seems to be a dope dude. Yeah. Uh, produced and directed Stranger Things. Uh, we will just acknowledge that Dan Schneider wrote the film. He is a uh, un... um, What is it? Um... He is an unconfirmed, but a purported creep. So mm. we're just gonna go ahead and say we're gonna leave it at that. You mm-hmm. made a good movie. We don't support you as a person. Moving right along,
0: scooting along,
1: scooting along. <laughs> um, what are I mean? There's we talked about the cast and actually kind of stopped before we even rounded out the cast, right? So you got oh yeah, uh, uh,
0: Jaleel White. You got
1: Jaleel White <laughs> in the role of a lifetime, which,
0: which I really <laughs> loved because when I was wa- like when I watch it, I'm like, you know, when you watch kids movies and they're clearly jokes for adults, yeah, the joke for adults was urkel totally like that because kids
2: don't know it at the no. time i didn't know who urkel was Me, when i watched this movie yeah as a I, kid what are you
0: talking about you did not watch family matters no well i watched family matters yeah. but i didn't like think it was funny that they kept calling him urkel i was like oh whatever but like when you're older you funny. realize how like upsetting that was for him yeah and yeah. he's like talked about it in depth before about how he like I think he has a quote where he was like, if you ever see me in those suspenders or glasses, just shoot me, (laughs) just kill me. I don't ever want to do that again. I
1: weirdly like that was my sense of humor is having like an Urkel, like Jaleel White as himself made me laugh so much. It's kind of the same as like in Avenue Q that uh, Gary Coleman is a character. It was just that idea of taking an old sitcom star as himself. I don't know why that always makes (laughs) me laugh. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I feel like I probably laughed and again, it has been a long time, since so I watched the movie. No, no, so Will, I you're an expert. you prepared this, for this, this you came scene. in. <laughs> but, like, I'm sure that, uh, like, I'm sure that watching it, I laughed, even though I didn't get the reference, because I feel like I was sort of the same way. Like, I get the idea of the big picture thing. I just don't get specifically who Urkel is. <laughs> so, yeah, Like, even now, I never watched it. Like, I know it only through other pop culture references, like oh my The God. Simpsons. You uh, have to
0: watch Urkel jumps the shark so hard, but in the most amazing way, where Urkel splits into two characters. Yeah, he Urkel gets a hot and machine. Stefan. Yeah.
1: Stefan is
2: a stud. I've heard people talk and about this. And they keep this. him around. And yeah, he gets like a sexy alter ego, yes. which is funny because Urkel's like so unsexy, I yes. guess. Anyway, this is me processing old pop culture, I guess.
1: But <laughs> Urkel is one of the true great TV characters. <laughs> a hell of a performance. Oh yeah. Really love that fan. And I'll you, Carl Winslow, one of the great TV dads. Love oh, for it. sure. Uh, we also, we should give a shout out to who I'm realizing is maybe one of the unsung guilty pleasures MVPs, Mr. Donald Faison. I was going to bring yeah. him
2: up. He's the taxi driver, uh-huh. right?
1: A limousine driver, <laughs> sir. How dare you? But we've talked about him and he has small roles in Pitch Perfect and uh-huh. Josie and the Pussycats. And now here he is with a supporting <laughs> role in Big Fat Liar. And Donald Faison, I just want to say thanks, man, for all the joy you've given me in my life
0: i also feel like it was all just like leading up to him getting scrubs like he's like i'm just gonna take this one last part playing a doofus but then he ends up playing like almost the exact same character as he is in the movie just as a doctor i
2: I mostly one of my predominant memories of the movie is him like introducing them to la and the way he says los angeles Angeles. Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) that always that really
1: stuck with me i don't know why uh it's so weird, like, because again, you said you haven't really
2: genuinely watched this movie no, in so long. No, a long time. But I tried to rewatch it in quarantine, but my friends didn't want to. It was <gasps> pissing me off. You need new friends. We were in a bad movie Break club. No them. offense. And I was <gasps> like, let's watch Big Fat Liar. It'll be easy. We'll have a good time. And nobody wanted to watch it. Well, that's so. why they
0: didn't want to watch it, because it's not a bad movie. But when <laughs> yeah, right. It doesn't <laughs> qualify. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, Disqualified. Paul Giamatti. <gasps> Paul uh, Giamatti.
1: As Marty Wolf. It just, please.
0: So funny. Everything about him is funny. He has like such good. He's kind of like, um, oh, what's his name? The uh, Michael Scott. Oh, Steve Carell. Steve Carell. He's very similar to Steve Carell where he does comedy so, so well. But he's also such a good actor <laughs> yeah. that he finds this like grounded realness that comes from like a drama training. And you're just like, how did you make this horrible man who literally says? Basically, like if you look back on the movie, as with a lot of early 2000s writing, there are like, I would say six jokes that like
1: wildly problematic,
0: wildly
2: problematic, <laughs> not good. There are a couple I was like, oh boy, I don't they remember pop that in one and you're like, I'm guessing there's some like fat shaming kind of situations. Fat it's shaming. Fat
0: shaming. Uh, and then every like racial stereotype. Oh, yeah. That yeah. you could have.
2: Like
1: he meets uh, the movie studio's wife and just calls her every stereotypical uh-huh. black name yes. instead mm-hmm. of her name. I, that one was shocking.
0: That one is always the one that I'm like. Paul, oh God, <laughs> Paul, Jesus what are you Christ, doing, bro? Paul,
1: you know we can blame Dan Schneider. Yeah, Fuck you, Dan. That's probably it. Fuck yeah.
0: Schneider. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that man wrote some shitty, shitty jokes. <laughs> um, but it is one of those movies that you can watch back, and there's really only like six bad things that happened in it like other than th- those six
1: which is uh, incredible for the early yeah. 2000s for
0: that time <laughs> totally. that is like looking back like there are a lot of like kids movies or like movies that we watched in the early 2000s that like I could absolutely not rewatch as an, oh, adult. Absolutely. an adult I the would the like, just
2: doesn't age well no
0: it was very bad this movie just hits The jokes stay funny.
2: While we're on the
1: idea of uh, fearing that your favorite movie won't age, there's the classic uh, getting dressed montage where they're (laughs) living in a uh, a warehouse. And they put on all these wacky costumes. And I literally went, oh, boy, no. Are they going to dress up as like X? And no, you get one glimpse of him in a sombrero, Uh which is okay, pushing it. But other than that, they kept it safe. And I was like... Thank God, guys! <laughs>
2: yeah. Thank God, because it, it could have gotten real dicey, real quick there. Yeah, that said, I would argue Paul Giamatti like ties this movie together. Yeah, so, back but to the whole Paul. thing doesn't oh, yeah. work without because he is a Juilliard trained Yale actor who's done a lot of serious acting. He won an Emmy for playing John Adams. He's done everything under the sun,
0: Oscar nominee. Uh,
2: yeah, he's but this is pre Sideways. He's not as famous. He's more mm-hmm. of a ca- character actor, and he like brings real pathos to this like really like poorly constructed comedy character yeah Uh, i I genuinely
1: if you are out there and you somehow have not ever seen this movie if maybe you have a fuzzy memory from it from childhood paul giamatti gives one definitively one of the true great villain performances of all time i said it Hannibal Lecter, <laughs> Paul, Marty Wolf, Darth Vader. Like, that is the fucking trio. Yeah. <laughs> like, he is out of control good in this movie and i swear to god when i was a kid after we watched big fat liar i said this man will win an oscar someday <laughs> i was wrong but also i was right he is so he's still incredible, incredible. He's, still good he he's still got time he's still got time still got time i just he's mean he hasn't has
2: won at an oscar yet yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. he's close, close he's, but he's close. gotten there yeah, yeah. But like fuck
2: man yeah, he's incredible. I mean, he there's something about he goes full Giamatti in almost everything, <laughs> but I think this is a movie where he had to like that's why he was cast. It was like you're gonna be you're the worst asshole in the world, and yeah. you have to sell this guy and still be funny. And he plays playing it for comedy, but like you said, sort of like Michael Scott, a character who's played so seriously but for comedy. Yeah, like it, it really is. He's he's the best part of the movie to me. Oh, like, by uh, a mile. thousand percent. I don't yeah. think
0: Frankie Muniz. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, for no I all the kid stuff was like holy. Shit, totally. you are the best child actor in the world.
1: <laughs> you guys are saying, like Steve Carell, I actually see him as, like, he's doing some Jim Carrey stuff mm. in the very mm-hmm. over-heightened, but with a grounding that Jim Carrey didn't have in his over the top roles,
2: like yeah. he feels real, even though he's going full balls to the wall. Yes, whole film. Yeah. and he goes nuts in this movie, and essentially gets tortured for like the second half of it as he's they get the revenge. On a
0: plane. It's and, yeah. kind of a snuff, yeah. a
2: child snuff film.
0: <laughs> yeah, like with no
2: danger, but yeah. like oh, we're getting to getting to something really terrible to him, and you feel great about it because he's just been such an asshole yeah. that all of their little plans <laughs> to get him, you just feel so good. When I'm that like, happens. Yes,
1: he uh, did it. I mean, well, let's let's dive into what is the defining sequence of the film. And, and by the way, at the end of that sequence, when when Paul he has this look where he's been tortured, and <laughs> and and Frankie Muniz pulls up in a limousine next to him and rolls down the window, and Paul Giamatti realizes that it's Frankie Muniz who's been fucking with him. The the look of pain, <laughs> of realization, like that's acting. He is yep. an actor Absolutely. in that moment. But uh <laughs> There's just this incredible, delightful "Let's fuck with Paul Giamatti" sequence yeah. that starts with them dying, the or putting blue dye into the pool so that his entire skin is dyed.
2: That mm. scene's incredible. My friend, while <laughs> Zooms during the pandemic, was putting that as his background. Just the <laughs> full like three minutes of Paul Giamatti, like, because he j- jumps in the water yeah. and he turns blue, but he doesn't see himself. Yeah. He's walking he's through his dancing. giant L.A. house. He kind of is sort of going dancing up dancing too what's hungry
0: by the
1: wolf. (laughs) hungry
0: like the wolf hungry like the wolf by
1: duran (laughs) duran he comes out (laughs) he hits the light switch he goes hungry and then hits (laughs) and he's in these itty bitty
0: like plaid uh bathing shorts i think it's like burberry (laughs) bathing
2: suit uh (laughs) and and, then he finally sees himself and he just loses his mind but you have the the (laughs) joke of course that he doesn't know he's dyed blue for several (laughs) minutes and you went to watch him just be like all confident about it and then the, the rest of the sequence, I don't remember at all. I mostly remember him getting guy blue. But that's you I Will. He, 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 Becky's got you. Okay, good. So like, talking about jumping okay, There's a so falling got,
0: sequence? Yeah, so that's, well, that's the very end of oh, the okay, sequence. Okay. This is like the first kind of like fucking with him is they dye him blue and he only realizes when he gets in the shower and then he's doing his shampoo and he puts it on his eyebrows <laughs> and, and on his on weird his little goatee <laughs> and it's orange and that's like when he finally sees himself and so he freaks out he runs away he takes his phone and puts his earbuds in to call monty the assistant and they have put super glue on the earbud so he can't get it out of his ear. They also...
1: He almost <laughs> crashes while driving his car because he is trying to pull an earpiece out. Yeah,
0: and he drives by this grandma where she's like, he's like, watch where you're going, blue boy. And you're like, why is this scene here? And then she comes back later and you're like...
1: A feisty grandmother. Okay,
0: grandma. Yeah, yeah. and then they give him the wrong address to go to a meeting with the head of the studio. They give him this child's birthday Party where also one of the best child actors is. Is this he opens up the door <laughs> and the little kid just looks at him, goes, They're like, Th- that's the clown or something and he goes let's hurt him <laughs> and i all just run and for the next Beat like the fuck minute out of him, and he jumps off of this banister to tackle hey, him hey
1: clown <laughs> and he just the does f- the no <laughs> I love this alt reality where it is a given that the clown's job is to have the
2: ever living shit kicked out of him it's them. so funny I, I, it's really sparking memories for me because yeah I remember that I remember that yeah. scene it's so funny the kids jumping on him for basically no reason but it's all like in the logic of the movie it's like you've seen how awful this guy is oh yeah you've seen it oh yeah and you don't even really he's just like unctuous and and sort of awful in a way that we could all sort of relate to like he's a caricature but like that guy is a guy you know oh yeah and then so watching him get dragged through the mud (laughs) and beaten up by children is like very fun yeah shout out Uh, to will for
1: using the word unctuous in the camera i love it Hey, it's a good word. Yeah, I like it. It's one of those words that <laughs> means what it sounds like, too, mm-hmm. which I always love. It's loves. sort of
2: onomatopoeic.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh. Will Whitworth. I was an English, I was an English major. I like words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Becky and I were talking right before the podcast. Actually, we were texting about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while he's in the party, uh, they
0: I would argue they go a little <laughs> too far. <laughs> they fuck with his car by like <clears throat> ripping out the wiring and you're just like. He's gonna die. So they, yeah, they pull the
2: brakes basically. They,
0: well, they, they pull like, the rearrange that bra- the brakes.
2: Like when he goes, when
1: he hits the brake, yeah. the horn goes off. But when he tis <laughs> right. his blinker signal, the windshield wiper, he very well could have died. Yeah, yeah. he yes. probably should have. <laughs> died but a, this hor- is a children's
2: movie right
0: yeah it's a kid's movie you can't it's like home alone they should have died a hundred yes. times in that movie. in home
2: alone you, you one hit in the head you could they could have gotten cte from uh, the like home alone 100%. sequence right yes <laughs> like like it's not safe it's a movie yeah you know? yeah
0: it was fully fake. i mean at one point in this movie like the bigger sequence of them fucking with him is when they have all the adults in on it and they literally the climax is the climax, this is okay, the climax. Yeah. yeah they literally have a stunt helicopter man <laughs> fake lose control of a plane while another man hides behind a curtain in the plane. And then Marty and the stunt guy jump out of the plane with one parachute.
2: Wow. Uh, yeah, that's right. Cause it, uh, I told, I forgot about all this. It's, it's all like, and there's like a, a thing he jumps onto. There's like a bouncy thing. That's the
1: very, very end. Very, very end. end. Okay. Very end. Which, yeah. b- oh, so, so what at the very, very end, they bust Marty. They yeah. have secret cameras. Uh, and then uh, Jason jumps off the building while his entire family is watching. But it's a stunt that we saw at the beginning of the movie where there's a giant uh, floaty or inflatable pad at the bottom. When I tell you that I wanted to do that stunt yeah. so, so bad, not even as a kid, like as an adult watching it back, you like, man, that'd be so dope. <laughs> <laughs> like, can we just make Try Guys jump off buildings and yeah. just do that stunt?
0: I also feel like that whole, um, like, they're at the Universal lot. Yeah. So, like, everything you see there, you're like, I've been on the Universal tour. <laughs> I, I've seen that water come rushing down. I, I know this.
1: And it's such a brilliant... I, I think this movie has three elements that really make it just, like, hit, hit, hit. And it's the wish fulfillment of the precocious kid, yeah. which always works. It's like, wow, this, this kid is smarter than every adult in the room, okay? So that's one. As yeah. a kid, you watch that. Two... Hollywood wish fulfillment. They're literally the entire movie running around the the Universal Studios backlot. They're hanging out with the DeLorean and a T-Rex and E.T. Mm. And they're living there and, and they are on the Universal Studios tour making that part of their thing. And then three, it's a heist. Yeah. I <laughs> fuck with a heist hard. Like literally you put those three together. It's a perfect movie. That <laughs> Those are the best elements of any movie ever. You put them all together big fat liar (laughs)
0: yeah there were also big stunts you know we had we had the helicopter we had uh but a lot of practical stunts too like Paul Giamatti I don't actually know if (laughs) Paul Giamatti did this stunt himself but jumping out of Jaleel White's moving car (laughs) you were just like
2: hey he's a good enough actor (gasps) right I I feel like
0: he would have (laughs) committed
2: uh yeah, I, I do think like I this is really making me want to actually fully rewatch it because... I got
1: the DVD uh, right there, Will. You okay, take it home with I, you. I
0: will. You can also buy it for $4. Okay, I'm to right take now. the free DVD. <laughs> yeah. But you uh, buy it, you keep it forever and yeah. you can watch it once a month.
2: I don't know. Uh,
0: listen, <laughs> uh, But
2: what I will say is like I I don't know. I all hearing Becky just hearing you describe the plot of like the sequence where they're fucking with him is really, it's like, oh, I'm like, oh yeah, that did happen. And (laughs) it's so fun. And I'm sure, I don't know. There's, it's definitely not like perfect by any means. But yeah, for a movie that I loved when I saw it, I was the right age. I, you know, we exactly a year older than me. So we probably saw it around the same time. And I, that precocious kid heist. Just like doing the the plans that adults can't follow and still winning somehow. <laughs> it's really it's really nice. Uh, and just like but I do ultimately think the movie would be nothing if you didn't have a villain, a memorable villain. Character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there are lots of kids' movies who the villain is kind of forgettable. And this could have been a forgettable, like just asshole guy, but they got Paul Giamatti to do it. <laughs> so it's not. He's he brings real anger and he just has rage. And he also uh,
0: has love, you know, for Mr. Hmm. Funny Bones. His, <laughs> his little monkey. Oh, yes. monkey. <laughs> I forgot about that. And he goes. Chif, 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 chif. Um, that's, that's one part that I always forget until it happens at the very, very end. The actual thing that makes him like, uh, go nuts and be like, I'm going to fuck you up kid is he takes his monkey, right? That's the last straw. And I was like, wow, what an actor in in my memory,
2: the monkey getting taken away really made me sad as a kid, even though I like, but isn't that where they ultimately like do something like he what happens to marty at the end what happens
0: well in a in a stunning conclusion okay so you know when they fuck with his car and he gets run over by the monster truck guy who like famously is like oh my god (laughs) and he's just like he's like a made for children character um and then which then immediately
1: follows by little they told me about a little blue car (laughs)
0: they didn't say anything (laughs) about about a little little blue blue
1: man man. (laughs) so Classic moment. Classic.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, so the very end of the movie is Marty is actually a clown now. That's because he's the been disgraced he from Hollywood.
1: Have. Which let me go ahead and tell you <laughs> that if you are a hit movie producer and have not successfully <laughs> invested in a way that your compound interest has let you float for a couple years yeah. to not be a clown... You done fucked up big time, buddy.
2: A <laughs> yeah. really good point. He absolutely was a bad investor, and I yeah. think that's ultimately what the movie wants to say. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like you need to be careful with yeah. where your money. Be careful goes. with your money. Yeah.
1: And well, again, p- potentially you could extract that as a uh, extrapolate that as a failing of public school system. Mm. Right, it's not preparing us for the real mm-hmm. world. True. You need to spend your money and invest it intelligently.
0: Yes, um, but he's a clown, and he goes into <laughs> a house, and it's the house of the monster truck driver, and there's a little. Boy monster truck driver dressed the exact same way in this like wrestling leotard and then they just beat the shit out of him. I guess the like real penultimate moment is that when he runs out, it's right before they decide to do all of these like the really big heist with like the helicopter and the jumping off the building. Like the big moral moment for him is uh, Amanda Bynes is saying like, "No, you're Jason. You have to, you know, you have to be able to have one more thing in your back pocket, one more prank." And he goes, I I do. I have one more phase. And he picks up the phone. He calls his dad. And he's like, I haven't been truthful with you about where I've been the last few days. Uh, I need to tell you something.
1: Which is a really great like stripping, you know, the classic Joseph Campbell. Hero's Hero's Journey. Okay, (laughs) you have the moment where the character is at the lowest and you strip away his power so that he may enter, uh, reemerge as the victorious hero. And that is like genuinely him stripping away his identity. He Mm -hmm. is taking away his his liardom yeah and it's really effective It's really <laughs> sweet. i mean you talk about like like there is heart at the core of this movie For the sure. relationship between frankie and his father uh and his non-existent mother who is literally just a prop
0: of a human <laughs> so i was when i was done watching the movie today, i was like keith i don't think that mom said one Sad word <laughs> i don't think she said one word And he goes no no, no. i remember she <laughs> said something at the beginning so i rewound and found out her I think only line that what I is? could find was um, it's when Sandra O oh is telling them that he has to do summer school. And he's like, no, I wrote the paper. He's like, believe me. And she's like, I don't see how we're going to be able to do that, Jason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she killed that's that all line. She got. <laughs> she killed it. <laughs> okay,
0: not as good as the one guy, though, who did the little blue car. No, that's that that's
1: real. Because
0: if you watch it, he has a moment right after he says it where he realizes that it's like that funny. And he like comes in and he goes back <laughs> the,
1: the, you can see the actor on screen going I'm gonna be a goddamn icon
0: <laughs> and he was
1: <laughs> and he is
0: I, we should find
1: out who that actor is is yeah. he on cameo like can we get him oh I'm How sure he... we can figure out who it is They told me it was your birthday. They didn't tell me about a little blue birthday. It's like so forced and bad. It so creepy when you
0: say it like that. Like he's going to, maybe he has an OnlyFans, you know, and he's kind of like getting saucy with it he
1: paints himself blue slowly (laughs) he gets undressed (laughs) hey man whatever you gotta do for a buck but
2: i do think what you're saying zach about like the if the moral uh, is like if he keeps lying he'll just be like this unscrupulous movie producer. Is like totally baked into it unctuously unscrupulous it's it's like uh there's a lot of synonyms for bad uh you know a lot of different words to describe how people are bad um But like, it's like how the MCU, a lot of the villains are like the analogs of the characters. This arguably oh, set yeah. the template for that. No, I'm kidding. Probably not. But I, uh, I was trying to pull I was yeah.
1: desperate to watch this movie and find my Killmonger was right moment because like there's part of me that is like Marty is justified in what he's doing. Yes. But then he is a tremendous douchebag and no. yeah. is undefendable. But yeah. like. If a kid dropped a piece of homework and you have the wherewithal to expand that into a movie, I'm going to go ahead and say this on record. You don't know that kid shit. (laughs) (laughs) Ideas are not copyrightable. You got to execute. Everyone has ideas. I want to see you make a movie. That's right. You haven't, kid.
0: Well, I think the true um, anger throughout the movie comes from... Uh, Jason doesn't even want to be a part of the movie. He just wants him to call his dad. He asked him like five times, like, just call my dad and tell him I wasn't lying. That's all I want. I'll leave this room and you never have to see me again. The
1: first thing Paul Giamatti (laughs) does is light a cigar and light his homework on fire. And he stamps (laughs) it out. Which is such a reckless, douchey thing, which actually reminds me of, okay, World There's a huge viewership, huge Try Guys fandom, huge Guilty Pleasures fandom, all the guilty whores out there. That's what we call them. That's what Kelsey calls them. It sounds better from her.
2: Yeah, Kelsey can say that. All of
1: our little trash babies out there, one of you is connected to this film in some way. There is a prop house somewhere. That has the Marty Wolf Pictures insignia, the, wow. the pictures of J <laughs> Like I don't know if you remember that his safe was behind a wall of interlocking pictures of Paul Giamatti's face. <laughs> that, I that is so funny. <laughs> if any of these are out there, I will pay top dollar. <laughs> I need a Marty Wolf Pictures. Like giant emblem in my home. Yeah, yeah. Maggie will not be thrilled to <laughs> no. know.
0: We put it in the office. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I will dedicate. I will turn. <laughs> I will turn Try Guys HQ into Marty Wolf pictures. <laughs> and if we ever get a receptionist, they will be forced to say Marty Wolf pictures please hold <laughs> <laughs> <All> <laughs> when they time. answer the phone.
2: Just making people play into inside jokes for important business calls. Yeah, no, I'm I love saying. it. I think that would be great. Fully uh, support. I would. I would really, really like that.
1: <laughs> this movie uh, woefully misunderstood how movies are made (laughs) (laughs) like the fact that that they think that a four page like what was a 1,000 word (laughs) book report (laughs) is enough to be the basis for a film is so deeply insulting to screenwriters but hey man that's how movies happen and also in this movie there's no such thing as a screenwriter the producers are responsible for writing the end of the film yeah yep (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just just need to call out the you know.
0: Yeah, I think it is. You were talking about like Hollywood wish fulfillment. It also was like kids who wanted to work in the movies. Oh, yeah. Like oh, the yeah. scene where Marty Wolf is all blue and he's standing up top and he's got Jason in his ear <laughs> and he's telling him, "Well, actually, whenever um, what's his name, Trooper uh, or Trapper or something like that, whenever he lies." Uh, Or whenever he has emotions, he turns the color. So if he's sad, he turns blue. If he's (laughs) angry, his hair turns red. And it was like hearing Jason tell him that as a kid, you were like, I could be a writer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I could do this. well it's also that that fantasy that that's how movies are pitched yeah it's like on the balcony <laughs> to a party that th- like Hollywood is all like the news is already covering this film yeah. that hasn't even been shot yet there's no trailer oh my god the yeah. fantasy if only IP were that easy
0: <laughs> yeah signage everywhere too on the universe a lot like yep. when they're doing the tour it's all big fat liar or BFL
1: Biffle, Biffle as they uh, call it in the industry <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I, you know I don't want to give guilt to what I genuinely think is a perfect movie but if I did had to have to give one mm-hmm. uh, Big Fat Liar the movie within the movie is a horrible fucking movie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it is genuinely the least interesting plot for a movie. It's like Honey I Shrunk the Kids yeah. where the baby becomes big, but he's a li- honestly it's liar liar starring Jim Carrey, which is what Kelsey watched. Yeah. But if instead of him not <laughs> being able to lie He just turned into a giant and Uh smashed things and then
2: turned colors?
0: That's bad, right? It's a kid's movie, Zach. It's a kid's
1: movie. It's really bad.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree that I, I feel like that's just part of the plot and you just sort of watch that and it's not the main draw of the movie. It's like what gets yeah. him to Hollywood, but it, it probably that part could have been punched up a little. That, <laughs> that, that fictional movie could have been a little more interesting, been a little could have been something that we were like holding on to that. I would remember, yeah. you know, cause yeah, I don't yeah. remember any of this about what the fictional movie was whatsoever, but I can remember Donald Faison saying <laughs> <"L-> Los Angeles <laughs> or whatever. So I don't know. Maybe that's just a lesson of how memories work, but uh um,
0: Uh, No, that's all you ever find out about the fictional movie. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, they give you one trailer, Um, which I always ask Keith about that scene. I'm like, how did they film that? Because they have Frankie Muniz like floating up to the screen. It's a great shot. Keith goes, (laughs) goes, he's sitting on a crane.
1: Genuinely, I was watching it this time. I'm sorry to even jump in. I was, I was wowed. I was like, that's a really, Frankie, I'm so sorry. Okay. Frankie is watching the movie. And he's like leans forward, but his body starts levitating subtly off the seat, and it's a really good practical effect that like gets you into the mind of the character. It's subtle, but it was good. It's
0: good, and you see it on his face too. Like I feel like he was really good at acting the same. Same way Paul Giamatti, not the exact same as Paul Giamatti, but like his sort of training in Malcolm in the Middle was kind of that similar, like doofy but lovable but annoyed and And precocious
2: very precocious
0: and then like just very good at like doing things with his face Mm -hmm. but I will say the only line that I'm always like Frankie Muniz no okay so do you remember when they're in the limo at the very beginning and Marty Wolf is like you know I'm Marty Wolf blah 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 and he's like I don't know who you are and he's like I'm making the movie that's in town and he's like oh and he literally does like (laughs) this, oh yeah You really made some stinkers.
1: (laughs) Waving his hand in front of his face. Points
0: at him and then waves. Okay, that's a little much. (laughs) That's the one where I'm like, Frankie now.
1: The one that always gets me is (laughs) when he has like 18 free (laughs) coca-colas and he's just paddling the board and is super hopped up on sugar i'm like we didn't really need this moment (laughs)
0: yeah i I like his screams i like like one of my favorite lines that keith is always like well i don't understand why you think this is so funny (laughs) like he's like "I, i don't even think it's supposed to be a funny line but it's when he goes home to tell his parents that uh His movie was stolen and Marty Wolf is giving an interview and he says, like, you know, some ideas just come to you. And he just yells at him, yeah, from my backpack, you (laughs) loser. Something about the way he says, like, yes, give him an Emmy. This kid is a star. Give him another. Another. More. Run it back. Yeah. So (laughs) good. Um, it's They're, a very quotable movie. It weirdly it's so quotable. quotable. Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm, I'm
2: telling you, that's that's like my predominant memory of yeah. the movie. Uh,
1: There's one moment, Will, that you will adore when you watch it back. So in the final showdown, this is a real like deep cut. This is again like not a reference that that I don't think any kid knew, and this was just something that Sean Levy wanted to do. That. Okay, so they run out of the door and doves fly. And it's a callback to earlier in the movie. You yep. have uh, John Cho playing a director in this film and he's like, you gotta shoot it. 14 angles with doves. But it's <laughs> With very, doves,
0: like winged behemoths, <laughs> I think he calls them. That. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's funny. But it's a it's very so direct John Woo reference. John yep. Woo, yeah. incredible film director, directed Mission Impossible 2, a ton of incredible... uh uh, action films before coming to america face off Uh, face off uh, the killer which is my favorite and they have a direct killer reference in this film where they both dive for the monkey and they land upside down from each other with both of their hands on the monkey and if you've ever seen the killer which i'm getting blank stares here uh, (laughs) it's an incredible action film that always has these moments where they It's kind of like one of the great homoerotic action movies, but instead of dicks, they have guns. So they're always just pointing guns at each other at the same time. It's the exact same shot in Big Fat Liar you have anyway it just blew my that's mind that's awesome actually. it's really fun
0: that's also where you get the we were talking about that line earlier the castang
1: oh my god <laughs> From please
0: t- please <laughs> please <laughs>
1: well I'll, I'll dip into the fun facts of yeah. this movie a little bit um, Becky uh, looked them up on IMDb <gasps> not knowing that was part of the show I was
0: unaware <laughs> I was unaware I was just like Whoa. I knew all of them except for like one.
1: Yeah. And this one. why don't you go ahead? So
0: the one that I didn't know was that uh, the director, you know, another big fuck you to this guy was he did ask John Cho to use a stereotypical Asian accent for the part. Uh And John Cho said, no, I don't want the part. Sorry. And then after some like back and forth, they were like, okay, you could you could still do it and you can use your um, your own voice. And the reason that John Cho said he didn't want to do the stereotypical accent is because he didn't want to teach kids that it was okay to laugh at someone's accent. Yeah. And I was like... Which way to fucking absolutely. go, John Cho. I was like, yes, John Cho, you beautiful man. He was also <laughs> like very hot in this movie. I mean, oh he's yeah. hot like now that he's older too, he's like daddy hot. But like <laughs> when he was younger,
1: but we talk about Marty's non-PC lines. He does like some Confucius say something mm-hmm. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But so then John Cho gets the letter at the end. Confucius say, Kastank, you busted. <laughs> <laughs> and Kastank, you busted is such like so deeply embedded in my heart as <laughs> yeah. the ultimate you got, got <laughs> yeah. bitch. Like, oh, ooh, if I could ever genuinely pull out a Kastank on somebody and tell them <laughs> they've been busted,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will
2: die a happy man. I feel like that's not a reference everyone's gonna get, you know. But maybe that makes it more powerful. <laughs> right. Uh,
0: another quotable line.
1: Very quotable. <laughs> Let me give some other fun facts while we're here. Uh, Becky apparently knows all of these.
0: I knew everything. <laughs> um, I knew it all before Zach even said.
1: So you knew that the that Jason's last name Shepherd is the inverse of Marty Wolf, and it's a reference to the little boy who cried wolf. Cool. I never got that as a Just kid. like
0: Astrid Barker. The girl who loves the dogs can i tell you how much of a
1: dumb bitch i am when i was watching this movie as an adult today i was like oh
0: my god marty's like what jason
1: would become if he never stopped lying they're foils i just like Sick. totally it's been Sick. a long time since i watched it and this is how public education is <laughs> <Wow. laughs> um okay so before uh we have before Paul Giamatti was cast, we had a couple people who were considered for the role. Bradley Whitford, Jim Carrey, as we mentioned, Joe Pesci, who I do think maybe could have crushed Pesci it. Pesci would
2: have been good. Willem Dafoe. Oh wow. That would have been that's like but Unhinged. unhinged. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That would have been too scary. Uh, not too scary for Kids. <laughs> <So Yeah>. scary. <laughs> that would have been an Way adult
0: movie.
1: <laughs> uh Alec Baldwin, who would have been too mean. Uh James Woods. So I mean, some good, some big actors I think considered. Bradley for
0: Whitford, it. too, right? Yeah, Bradley yeah, yeah, Whitford, yeah.
1: yep. But uh, thank God we got yeah the Giamatti. I,
2: Giamatti really puts a stamp on this movie. Uh, I really there's just you got to watch if you don't haven't seen the movie and you're listening to this podcast like at least go watch the clip where he dives and gets dyed blue. It 100%. is it is a spectacle so, okay. that really holds up that works on its own. If you haven't seen the movie, you don't even need to know what's happening with the kids. Just <laughs> also, watch it. Like it's
1: an hour and a half, and it yeah. and you will. Speed through with delight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this one is a, a fun shocker, and I'm sure, Becky, you know this one as well, <gasps> is that right before filming the movie, Amanda Bynes was actually not the first choice to play the role. And we had <laughs> Lindsay Lohan attached to star oh. at mm-hmm. 14, but she dropped out uh, shortly before filming because she decided to take a temporary hiatus from from acting for a year. Uh Because she was an overworked child. Young Lilo, (laughs) incredibly talented. Cannot believe we haven't gotten to talk about Lilo on this pod yet. But I'm thrilled that she wasn't in it.
0: You should watch a just my luck. I feel like that's a good guilty yeah, pleasure Lilo down. movie.
2: I also feel like Amanda, my only criticism of the movie, in my memory, was that Amanda Bynes could have had more jokes. Like for sure. I feel oh,
0: like 100%. I
2: feel like the they're like defaulting to Frankie as he's like the male lead and mm-hmm. she's the like more of a sidekick. And I would have liked to see them share a screen time more. Like if we were going back in time. Which we're oh, not. The movie's great as it is. I, I mean, look, it's a hour and a half.
1: I could add another 15 minutes. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> get the director's cut with like more jokes. Yeah. You know, I've, that's got to exist, oh right? God. Oh, what would that look like? The director's <laughs> cut version? Just of? more offensive jokes, like
1: <laughs> it, the 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 red band version. Yeah. of big <laughs> fat Liars.
0: <laughs> big fat fucking liar,
1: yeah. big uh, fucking liar.
2: I would be a. I would watch that that video and laugh. Yeah. Somebody making a fake tra- a trailer for this fake director's cut that has like people doing j- yeah. impressions of Paul Giamatti swearing off camera. Oh my God, yeah,
0: that would be pretty good. They actually have a really like very meta joke inside the movie where. I, what's his name? Turk from Scrubs? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Donald yeah, Faison. Yeah. He's, when he finds out that uh, Jason isn't the the guy that he was supposed to be taking around, he said, I've got some R-rated language for you, but I'm going to keep it PG. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep it PG. And it was a PG movie. It was a good
1: joke. I,
0: <laughs> it was cute. We also God. got the with Amanda Bynes trying to finish her sentence.
1: God, it's, it just is hit, hit, hit. It's perfect. I agree. It really
0: is
2: wonderful. I have, it's hard to poke holes in it. It, yeah, it has, it, there's something nostalgic about the whole thing for me as a kid, but I also feel like it, it again, I'm gonna watch it. Uh, I, I, again, uh, and I, I feel like it, it, it sounds like it's just so full of joy, like full of childhood joy, full of like kids' movie stuff that works. Cause and there's a, a lot of stuff you watch and you're like, eh. Here's
1: know. another here's another yeah. line. Amanda Bynes is uh, uh, she's tutoring Taryn Killam and <laughs>
2: the catcher in the rye and line. He goes,
1: he's not literally a catcher eating rye bread. <laughs> that's a great joke. <laughs> that's just good.
0: I would not be surprised if she made up a lot of those, like, I, especially the very like end one where she does the like crush him like a baby. Wah, wah, wah. Like that's so like Amanda show like of her that I'm like, I bet she did a lot of that on her own.
1: I I, I want to believe it. <laughs> big fat liar is absolutely wonderful. Uh, this is the point the, where we need to decide. Is it a pleasure, a guilty pleasure, or just plain guilty? It's kind of your moment to to sell to the people. Becky, why should they watch it? What do you think?
0: Um, I would say uh, big fat liar definitely falls heavily into the pleasure category it is not a guilty pleasure. It is just a feel good kid comedy that you can watch with the whole family. Uh, it's, it's funny. It's heartwarming. There's a lot of gags, a lot of physical comedy. It's got something for everyone: mom, dad, kids.
1: Well, <laughs> as someone who got dragged <clears throat> into this yeah. room, as
2: someone, uh, yeah. So I, from what I remember, I think it's really good, and uh, I look forward to watching it again <laughs> uh, and and discovering if my if my childhood nostalgia holds up. Uh, to, but I honestly feel like it will because there's something about this conversation. It's just like there's joy in the movie. And then it's anchored by an, I think, all time great actor in a like, you know, it's just not a. I don't want. I don't want to insult the movie, you know. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. this is not high art by any means. No. It's it's a it's entertainment product yeah. that really works, and yeah. I think Paul Giamatti is elevated above. Like he's just a great actor. He'll he brings it to everything. He's good in literally every single thing he's ever in. Uh, uh, I'm gonna take
1: that baton and run with it. I I also think it is a pure P crystal pleasure uh, the highest yeah. grade of pleasure and it is because it is a like a base movie that is just elevated by people firing at all cylinders you have mm-hmm. two incredible child actors yes. at the top of their game but you have incredible talent that hadn't yet even seen its full potentials so like paul giamatti the people behind the screen like sean levy look at what he went on to do like there is a fucking pedigree of talent in this film and it shows and I really genuinely believe that Paul Giamatti is like just classic, iconic in this. One of
2: the great American actors. Yeah. A thousand percent. One yeah. of the
1: great American actors in what is what I think <laughs> one of his best roles. And like he is so like he's like borderline campy. And I I want I frankly like I want to see him do this again. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I'm glad we got to see it. Uh, Becky, anything to plug? Uh, where can people find you?
0: Yeah. You can find me at bexmex too. On Instagram, you can find me same handle on TikTok, Uh, but I don't really do much there other than make fun of Republicans. So if that's (laughs) not the content you're looking for, maybe don't follow me there. And definitely check out, you can sit with us. We are going to have some very exciting guests coming up and even a new additional member
1: bump bump you heard
0: it, it here
2: first it's well <laughs> wow it's, well. <laughs> it's It's four ladies and me yeah. <laughs> oh man i'm sure they'll drive really well with what the show's thrown down uh well <laughs> where can people find you you can find me at w Whitwar on instagram and twitter and i'd also like to plug a show nobody watched that has paul giamatti in it he also produced it it's called lodge 49 um <laughs> It's a really great show. I can't fully explain, but he goes full Giamatti. He goes fucking to the wall. He's only in two episodes in the second season, but you got to watch the whole thing. I promise it's worth it. I love this idea of
1: using your plug moment to plug other people's (laughs) projects. I mean,
2: yeah, it's Um, what you do when you don't have anything to plug of your own.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, I'm at Corn Diddy on all the things. (laughs) And what have I been watching lately? (laughs) Uh, You know, maybe just let go, like, write Paul Giamatti
2: a piece of fan mail. Tell him you appreciate him. I'm Absolutely. sure you would love to hear it. He's a, he's a nice man from all what I can tell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed.
2: Oh my God. If I ever found oh, out anything bad canceled? about Paul G., I would be so sad. Oh, I would be devastated.
0: I don't think he has a Twitter. I think, it, you I know, think he, yeah. I don't think he has a Twitter. If he has
1: a Twitter, he doesn't run it. No. It's yeah, like no, his, his niece not is not like,
2: yeah.
0: you gotta do it. <laughs> Come on, Uncle Paul. <laughs> you
2: gotta do it. <laughs> got to connect with the big Fat
0: Liar fans <laughs> out there. At Real Paul. <laughs> anyway,
1: till next time.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>